Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket When it's live on March 17th, once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough... Think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. That it does. We are in the air everywhere. You name it. We are here for you eight days a week because four hours, obviously not enough. The overnight. And we do thank you for finding the fifth hour podcast. There is no advertising budget. There is zero advertising budget. This is a spinoff 
of the radio show, which is heard on Fox Sports Radio. It's part of the iHeart Network, but this is not a Fox Sports Radio production. It just sounds like a Fox Sports Radio production, unless it does not. And the thing you can do to help this podcast is to tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And hey, anywhere you get your podcast, not just on the iHeart Network, but anywhere you get your podcast, you can... Hear this show, and we are joined yet again by the man, the myth, and the legend in his own mind. David Gascon is here west of the 405. He's coming in to hang out with us here a little bit, west of the 405. Look at that. Uh, Amazing. I'm going from hanging out west of the 405 to indoors with you because, man, it's getting a little nippy outside these days. Oh, come on. You know, that's the people rip California. It's a little, it's in the 60s, so people freak out. What's wrong with you? Well, no, it gets windy, and then obviously if you're down near the water, it gets a little bit colder, so I don't like working out in the cold. Do you? Uh, I actually, I've been walking and it's been cold. I, I don't really mind it. It's not like I got this guy, Mark the Walker in Rochester. Well, that's cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, this is, I mean, this is not, we're not exactly in Alaska here. No, no you know, it's no. not the Arctic. No. Um, yeah, it's, if it gets below freezing, we've got a problem, but, uh, you know, I'll let you know when SoCal moves to Siberia, but yeah, it's, it's different than it has been. Cause before it was like a hundred degrees where I live. Yeah. Every day. Now you go outside, you got goosebumps. Right. Now, there's two places, Chicago and Philadelphia. Uh, two years ago, I went outside during the wintertime and it was so cold. My my ears were, were in pain. Like the wind was piercing and it felt like I had immediate frostbite on my ears in Chicago and Philadelphia. It was that fucking cold. Yeah. Well, my experience was in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh, man. Uh, when I was uh, doing television and we went out, one of the guys on the show, we, we all got together and had uh, had dinner at Bobby V's. Bobby Valentine has got a restaurant. I don't know if he still does, but it was in Stanford, Connecticut. So we went there and it was like uh, maybe four blocks from the hotel I was staying at. It was wintertime. You know, it was, it was wintertime. So went there. Uh, guy, I got a ride. The guy was going a different direction than the hotel. So I said, don't worry, I got this. You know, and I thought. You know, I walked back to the hotel. It was you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, you know, something like that. And as I remember it, and uh, so I got out of the, the restaurant and I started walking and I knew where the hotel was. It was the biggest building there in Stanford. And so I started walking and I made it about half a block. And oh my God, <laughs> this intense, this intense feeling just overwhelmed me of coldness <laughs> And I kept going, though, because I'm stubborn. Yeah. All right. So I kept going, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. My nose starts running from the cold, and uh, it was just it was unbelievable. And uh, I made it to the hotel, but, oh, my, I was not prepared. I didn't have the proper cold gear, and it was one of the dumber things that I've done. Now, were you wearing pants, slacks, or... Or something else? No, no. I, I had like just like pants on. I had a lightweight jacket. I didn't have gloves. I didn't have a hat. You know, things you're supposed to have a scarf. You know, yeah. things that normal people who live in cold weather have. What kind of socks did uh, you have on? I just had normal socks. Yeah, that's the other thing. My my brother told me that that's a cheat code, right? You go, you live in cold weather. You got to get those wool socks, right? Yeah. Those thick wool socks are amazing. Yeah. And I didn't know that, but now you know. Now that was a long time ago. So now, when I go back, I uh, and I don't mind going in the cold. And uh, I, I love when you fly into like uh, JFK and you take the drive in to New York City and you see all the dead trees when you go in the wintertime. You know, it's just, it's just, everything's dead. Everything's gray and dead. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So good times. Oh good times. man. That's that's where we're at though right now. Like that's the distinct thing about California. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when I look at it, it's we go from summer and there's no fall. It's just we go right into winter. At least it feels like. Yeah, but it's like a California winter. Yeah, and it never rains. Like it rains for like one month, maybe. Right. Maybe it'll rain for a month. If we have El Nino, then it'll rain a lot. And then everything. See, the good thing about El Nino is everything grows and turns green, and then everything's you know primed to burn again. Yeah. So it's perfect. It's yeah. the circle of life. Yeah. On the West Coast is what it is. So anyway, listen. This is a interview podcast. Uh, it is, and, and also a bonus. Not only this is a two for one special, by the way. 
Because not only do you get to hear one of the legends of the NFL who's slumming with us, but also uh, we'll have an exclusive story that no one else has after we get done uh, with our our man here that's going to be hanging out with us. Uh, And I'll introduce him properly here in a second. But we'll have you got to be joking after we get done with this conversation. This is a iHeart podcast fifth hour exclusive, but... Right now, though, let's begin our conversation with the voice of America's team. This man has been calling Dallas Cowboy football games since I was in diapers. Okay, his name is Brad Sham. He's also called Texas Ranger games briefly. He's been with the Dallas Cowboys for 40 years. When he started... Ed Tall Jones, Roger Staubach, uh, all the legends of the Dallas Cowboys in the 1970s. Tom Landry was the coach when Brad Sham started calling uh, Cowboy games. He actually started as the color commentator with Vern Lundquist, the legendary broadcaster Vern Lundquist, who was the play-by-play guy for the Cowboys at that time. But he's seen it all. He knows where all the bodies are buried with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and, you know, the Staubach, Pearson, Tall Jones, all the way through the, the glory days of the 90s with Troy Aikman, Michael uh, Irvin, and Emmett Smith, the Tony Romo years, now the Dak Prescott era. He was there before Jerry Jones, way before Jerry Jones became the Cowboy owner. So he is... Been part of all of that. He has seen the changing of the NFL. And uh, give it up now for Brad Sham, the voice of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And Brad, welcome in. Thanks for thanks for doing this, number one. Number two, man, how how has this been in this year with COVID and all the, the changes? It's been a wonky year. How's it been for you? Oh, it's ridiculous, Ben. I mean, there's, uh, but it, but it's the same problem that that everyone's having in every sport. I mean, we're we are not traveling, which is true for I think 24 of the 32 uh, radio crews, and uh, we don't have any personal uh, access or contact to any players or coaches, which is true of all of the teams. Uh, but the most important thing is getting the games played and not getting people sick. So um, we we soldier on. We do the best we can and uh, try not to bother the listening audience with our problems because they don't care. And they shouldn't. It's our job to give them some respite from their own difficulties. So when you're calling a game off a monitor, I mean, did you do that back in the day when you were starting out? Like, just messing around? I mean, no, I'm not that old, Ben. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually have done that. I've done some soccer games that way. And, and it's really hard because you um, can only say what the picture shows you. So you can't see what's going on outside of camera range. And those are things that would normally be brought into play to help paint the picture and then this year we throw in the added covid benefit of uh, empty stadiums in most places that they've been they've been to la nobody there they've been to seattle nobody there i think there were a smattering of people in philadelphia i don't believe there was anybody in washington so that's really eerie even though they're mixing in crowd noise i mean same thing people at home who are watching games are experiencing you kind of lull yourself to sleep you go along with the crowd noise they do their best to modulate it and then all of a sudden there's a wide shot and there's nobody there you go oh oh yeah this is a little different yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy this year and and how does I gotta ask? You started in the 1970s doing the Cowboys. You've seen every, you know, all the secrets of the Cowboys, right? You're like the secret keeper for the Cowboys, Brad. With all the time you spent in in Texas, what was it like in the early days, though, when you started back in the in the 70s? When what Roger Staubach was the quarterback, right? When you when you started doing stuff, he, he was. Yeah, I got the end of Roger's career. Um, th- there were so many things that were different in every aspect of the sport that it would it's way too numerable to mention and that goes from media access to the offensive and defensive rules and formations so it it, it was the same sport 11 guys on a side 100 yards length to the field 
but there are many ways in which the industry and the sport are are vastly different. It was a lot more personal, um, the relationship between any media, let alone a team broadcaster, and the and the players and coaches and front office uh, was a lot more personal uh, before so many things in the world changed. And I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm just, you know, I'm talking about money and and. Uh, Social media and all of those things have not necessarily. The money's been great for the players, and free agency, I think, is something that they, the rest of us have free agency. Why shouldn't athletes have it? Uh, but it definitely changed all of that stuff. It's a whole different culture than it was. Uh, this is my 42nd year, so uh, than it was all those years ago. And, and when back in the seventies, I, I watched you know NFL films, highlight videos and stuff. And they talk about the violence of the NFL and how it's a lot, obviously a lot different now. But when you were calling Cowboy games, did you have, have you noticed a tangible difference in the way people tackle and the style? Oh, sure, yeah. You know when I yeah. the when I started, it was I think it was the head slap, for instance, was still legal. That was something that Deacon Jones made famous with uh, the Rams and uh, and. It became taught. Ernie Stotner, the Hall of Fame defensive lineman for the Steelers, was the Cowboys defensive coordinator when I started, and that was a technique. And he he had guys like, uh, he got Randy White in 75, and Randy uh, quickly became uh, a martial arts expert and learned all kinds of techniques about slapping a guy in the head and yeah, a, lot, a lot of that stuff's changed and I, I just saw I'm a Chicago kid and I was in high school when the Bears drafted Butkus and Sayers and I just saw on Twitter the other day a little montage of uh, maybe about a minute of Dick Butkus tackles. Well, the shoulder pads are different but the the way they attack people uh, and whether it was Butkus or Nobis or um, Nitschke or all those great Steelers players, um, the uh, you know all of those guys just they just tackled differently. Even the even the Rams with with uh, the the fearsome foursome. Now I I didn't know him well, but I got to know Merlin Olson a little bit, and he he was such an incredible gentleman that you had uh, difficulty thinking of him as vicious. But the young bloods you could think of that way. And and Merlin was a very physical player. It was all just it was it was just different than it is now. And there were, some of these rules are better for the safety of the players. It'll prolong the game, but it was it was a different thing to watch. Brad, when you look at the state of of the Cowboys right now, prior to Dak getting hurt, had you ever seen such a discrepancy wide range from offense to defense, or maybe vice versa, defense to offense? And all the time that you've been in Dallas? Well, yeah, they, I mean, they, they've had some years where there were big discrepancies. Some of Tony Romo's best years as quarterback, the, uh, the defense uh, was not very good. I don't think I have ever seen the overall defensive performance be as abject as it has been most of this year. The, I, I think that the worst Cowboys team I've ever seen was Tom Landry's last one in 1988. They were 3 and 13. Uh, they they had gotten old. There was a strike in 87 which kind of uh, masked some of the aging of some of the players and some of them Tom uh, and Tex let hang around a little too long. And so that manifested in 88. And that was 88 was a much worse team than 89. That was Jimmy Johnson's first team, and he was just churning people through. That they, they could have won more than one game if they wanted to, but that wasn't the point that year, and the point became very clear two or three years later. But that 88 team was really horrible, and this one defensively um, is, is as bad as anything I've ever seen. They really had some terrible times, and I want to say 2013, Monty Kiffin was the uh, defensive coordinator, and, and it was really, really bad. But this, there's a lot of reasons for why they have been so bad this year, everything from the absence of the offseason to um, – over-evaluating some personnel to coaching mistakes, but uh, this has been abject, and uh, the discrepancy was really, it would have even been more, um, 
in relief. It would have been even even more harshly uh, seen if they had not turned the ball over so many times the first few games before Dak Prescott got hurt. Uh, Elliott fumbled a few times, and Dak fumbled two or three times. And so they got themselves in a terrible hole. They put their defense in horrible positions, and then they compounded that by playing just as poorly as it is almost humanly possible to play. And um, and still the the offense was scoring points. And I mean they've got some good personnel, uh, but uh, now a lot of it's on the injured list right now. But that's true of a lot of teams. But there there have been some years where where there were discrepancies. So this year just seems like everything's hit them at once. Well, with social media being where it is right now can you take us through what it's like to work for the Cowboys then because you get LA where it's like a Lakers and Dodgers town New York with the Yankees and the Knicks being in Chicago obviously got the Cubbies the Bears the whole nine yards but Dallas is different especially because you have the ownership group that has so hands-on with the team and the personnel well this is a Cowboys town it's a football town I, I came here uh in in 1970, came to town. Didn't start working on Cowboys broadcast then, but I start. I came to town 1970. College football was the biggest thing. Um, the Cowboys were just starting to win. Football is always going to be the biggest thing here. Uh, when the Rangers are doing well, which is a, a distant memory right now, even though it's only been like 10 years, um, baseball is very popular, and the Mavericks are very popular. But in St. Louis, for example, uh, the Blue, I don't care how many Stanley Cups the Blues win, that's a Cardinals town, period. And, um, you know, and you, you can have a debate in places like Chicago and New York. I mean, my feeling is that, that in L.A., not living there, uh, the, the Lakers and the Dodgers are going to split it up, and everybody else is going gonna, is gonna to have what's left. And I don't care how good the Rams are for how long. That's what. That's just how it is, and that's how it is here. This is a Cowboys town. Now, the, the fandom will not uh, show up in person when they're not doing well. And once upon a time, it was uh, phone calls to call-in shows. I did one for a long time, uh, but now with social media, as you say, everybody's everybody's a critic, and everybody's got a forum, and. Um, whether you're a team employee or a, uh, an affiliate like I am, it, uh, you just can't look at that stuff. You can't pay attention to it because all of us have been fans at one point or another. If we haven't been fans, we shouldn't be doing this. And as a fan, you react viscerally and emotionally. And that's not conducive to running a business, and that's what pro football is. Uh, but we do know what the reactions are, and people will react. So you just have to ignore that stuff because everyone has a shingle to hang out now thanks to Twitter and Facebook. And, Brad, I'll, I'll go back. Your, your game prep, I, I know I've talked to guys that did talk radio back in the day, and it's it's all different how you prepare for, for a show and all that. You've been a radio guy your whole life, which I like. I love that you're a radio guy. But he, when you when you prepare for a game back in the, in the 70s and the 80s, there wasn't that much information. You got everything out of newspapers, it seemed. There was no internet, obviously. So how... Is it too much now? How much How much different is it, and how much time do you spend? Is it a paralysis of analysis situation with all the information that's available now? That's the biggest danger that you run. I'll never forget. Um, I, I want to say it was in the late 90s when um, the Cowboys were playing um, Seattle, uh, and Seattle was still in the AFC. And one day they were getting ready to play Seattle. It was like Wednesday, and I got an envelope in the mail. And there was a VHS tape of Seattle's last game. So I could watch that game to help prepare. And and I almost died of sheer delirium. And then and then Denver did the same thing the next week. And so watching tape or film, that wasn't something we did. And you're right, it was all out of newspapers. It was clippings. People would make clippings and fax you copies, or you would go to a bookstore and get copies of out-of-town newspapers, and it was culturally just as different as it could possibly, possibly be. And so you do run that risk of um, paralysis by over-analysis. I, since that day when those uh, tapes 
showed up. I, I've always said the good news about the Internet is that there is an unlimited amount of information available 24-7. The bad news is there's an unlimited amount of information available 24-7. You have to learn where to draw the line, what you can really use, and what, what's rabbit holes. That takes some learning in and of itself. But I'm much more prepared to do a game now than I was then. I just didn't know it then. Yeah, and uh, and what are you, those guys are going to be listening to this, and uh, women as well, they think, hey, I want to be a play-by-play person someday. I want to be the next voice of the Cowboys down the line. What, any words of wisdom, Brad, that you have sh- you know, you've learned over the years you can pass on to the, uh, to the guys and the gals that are coming after you that want to do the play-by-play down the line? Well, if if they are looking to do play by play for the Cowboys, my advice is to wait about ten years. Um, if cause I'm going to try to keep the job that long. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, yeah, I, I think that you have to learn how to prepare, and you have to be you have to be ready for that preparation to be pretty much all consuming. You're never done when the season starts. Really, when the preseason starts. Uh, game Pass is another. It's a beauty. It's a fantastic thing. I can watch any game all year, any time. Um, but you, you, there is literally work to be done. Different and specific work every single day of the week. So there are no, you know, the old. I guess it was originally a Belichick saying, "No days off." But it's true in the NFL during the season. There are literally no days off, and and that's okay. You just have to be prepared for it. Well, Brad, I know you got to go, but I appreciate you coming on, spending a few minutes with us, and uh, continued success. You're great, man. We love listening to you on the play-by-play calls. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Everybody stay safe and healthy. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Brad Sham, again, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. You already knew that. You've been listening to this podcast, and uh, he had to go. He's a very busy man. The man's the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. He can't be slumming too long on a random podcast. We got we got to get him back cuz I I only guess gone I just barely put my toe in the water. Like I have so many questions uh from different eras of the NFL that I would like to get into if we can have Brad on again cuz he is a walking talking encyclopedia yeah. of the NFL and uh, I I touched on it a little bit there about the 1970s and watching NFL films and stuff but like, what was it like with the Cowboys when he was traveling with the team back when? You, remember how how big the Cowboys were with Emmett and Aikman and Irvin that era? I mean, they were rock stars at that time. Yeah, I I was gonna ask you before we got on, and and maybe we can ask Brad when we come back because you always get broadcasters that have been with an organization 10, 20, 30 years that have those those catchphrases, and so I guess I could ask you now, but. In the NFL, do you have another call that's as good as his when he says "walking the dog"? Uh well, the the one the NFL call that pops into my head when you say something like that would be the uh, Bill King Holy Roller call. Oh yes, right. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, it was a Raider Charger game, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, and that was. That was ridiculous. Um, but, you know, off the top of my head, no, I man, there's some guys, like, I love the guy in Kansas City. Touchdown, Kansas City! Yeah. You know, but that's just the touchdown. What about your, yeah, boys in, uh, your boys in Minnesota when Dalvin Cook is like, he is loose! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vikings, uh, absolutely. That's a uh, that's a good one. In fact, we we have a lot of drops in the system from outtakes of Viking games. Yeah. Uh, when Christian Ponder was the Viking quarterback, oh. and, and uh, yeah, let, let's just say that was not um, the smoothest era of Viking uh, football. Yes. <laughs> That's and like, he threw, that's like shades of Ryan Lindley at Arizona with the Cardinals when he had to play a playoff game and had a like a completion it, it, percentage of twenty. Yeah, but Paul Allen, who we should, well, I got to get, we got to get, we were talking about having him on the podcast from Minnesota. We would, I'd love to get Paul Allen on and, and break it down. But Paul Allen, his call was why, why would you even ponder passing? It was, it was <laughs> hilarious. It was, it was so. Oh, and then the other one, um, I think it was. I'm pretty sure this was Paul Allen. The Vikings were playing the 49ers. 
Uh, this is actually a few years back, not that long ago. And the Niners, the big story, they signed a guy from the Aussie League, an Australian League football guy, remember? And he was the punt returner. Yeah. And so it was like a Monday night or a Thursday night game. I forget which, but it was his first game. And he, they, the Vikings punt the ball to the guy, and he drops it. And Paul Allen screams, the Aussie muffed it. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect. It was so, and for years we played that. Unfortunately, Roberto's new. And so like every time I change engineers, like all the old drops vanish because that's a previous engineer. And so then we have to, you know, it's like their own fingerprint on the show where they play their own drops and like we lost a lot of the genie and medford stuff but but and roberto's put some new things in we've got some new toys that we play with which i'm fine with because that keeps the thing fresh yes right we can't keep you can't keep playing the same drops that i played with art martinez in 2003 you can't do it now because yeah. stuff changes and i mean back then we were playing uh the drops were like uh, jeff garcia crisp was a drop alan iverson practice it was uh, what was the uh, his mom's name? Uh, I forget his mom, but it, did Joanna tell you that screaming oh. into the microphone? That was a funny drop that we played a lot. There was an incident with Iverson, his girlfriend at the time, and yeah. So, uh, so all that, but yeah, I mean, Brett, listen, Sham's an all-time great. He's done a bunch of other stuff too. We didn't get into like uh, he actually left the Cowboys for a couple of years to do the Texas Rangers. Yeah. He was a tech, he, so he's done both the NFL and Major League Baseball. Done a bunch of college games, uh, and so and, and it was I, great to talk to. Him. It, yeah, and I like the fact because he's he's seen the top of the mountain and, and also the basement. I mean, the the years that that Troy Aikman was there in Dallas. I mean, obviously they won a couple Super Bowl, three Super Bowls, but that team was also dreadful prior to that. I think they were one in fifteen the year prior than going on that run. So. He's seen some some god awful football, and then he's seen the the best of the best. Yeah, and, and you know you, you do it. Now we're gonna get to this too. Like it's it, it is different. It's obviously different when you're calling. You're supposed to say, "Wow, it's the same," you know, and all that stuff when you when you're calling a game. But but it's a lot more fun when the team's good. Yes, <laughs> you know when you're polishing turds. It uh, it does not. It's not as he's like the old line. I, I loved Ralph Lawler back in the day in his computer like mind, uh, the great Ralph Lawler. But, you know, when you're calling the Clippers and they're terrible uh, and then when they're good, it's it's obviously a lot more fun. But you're, it's like you're the the voice of doom. Right. You know, it's like when the, you're calling. And it's like <laughs> the exact opposite for sports talk radio, because you want chaos and mayhem. Oh, hell yes. Pandemonium. Yes. You are drunk. Yes. 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 Uh, absolutely. No, I've always said the greatest sports talk radio is is teams losing. The better stories in the losing locker room. That's where the story is. It is absolutely where the story is. Yeah. And because, uh, and I know this, and I have lived it because I was able to do Dodger Talk, very lucky in my career, and also, believe it or not, remotely, I did the Red Sox Review Show, which is their version of Dodger Talk, yeah. and I noticed the same tendencies in L.A. and Boston, thousands Thousands of miles apart that when the hometown team won, not a lot of excitement, not a lot of buzz, right? When things were going well, but when they lost, all right, oh my God, you got to fire the manager. The pitching coach is a bum. You got to trade this guy, Joe Blow, get him out here, bring in Johnny Sixpack, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, and I love the, the chaos. And the reason for that is actually a great John F. Kennedy quote. Right, that victory has a thousand fathers, but defeat is an orphan. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. It is because uh, you know anybody, and when you win, everyone wants to kiss your ass and tell you how great you are. So that's why the better stories in losing locker room, because yeah. then you got to answer questions, right? And then you got to get surly, right? You get upset and all that. So, and I thought, I love it. I thought Brad made an interesting point, and you know this obviously from doing a four-hour talk radio show, is that it's a wonderful thing that we have information at our fingertips. But it's also a horrible thing that we have information at our fingertips because it it messes with the nuance of telling a story and painting a picture as opposed to just reading line, 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 copy, line, line, line. You get some guys that are so robotic, especially in baseball. Like I know the game of baseball is is made up now of sabermetrics and guys worrying about launch angles and exit velocity. But if you don't tell the story 
And if you don't have history behind players and games, then you, then you lose the context of it. And you're better off just watching the game on, on GameCast or something of that nature. Yeah, no, I agree. And I worked, uh, I did Dodger talk with Ross Porter, who we got to get him on this podcast too at some point. The great Ross Porter talking Dodger baseball. Yeah. Baseball trivia. Uh, I love Ross, man. He's great. And I haven't seen him in a while, so we should give him a buzz, get him on. But Ross was like early in on that analysis stuff. The uh, and, and But he it was back in the Stone Age where it was hard to get those numbers. Yeah. But he found them. I'm not sure how he found them, but he knew. You know, he'd go like, you know, Dale Murphy. He's batting 370 on a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> in July. You know, historically, he'd have all that. He'd be able to explore that. But yeah, Sham was absolutely correct. The epidemic of information, right? The infodemic, where you just you over you overindulge. It's uh, kind of like a fat guy in an all-you-can-eat restaurant. You know, you go a little, you go a little too much. You you over overeat. Uh, I've done it right, and uh, you go Joey Chestnut, and then you're like, I got to go to the fat farm because I've had too much information here. But uh, yeah, it is. It is something, man, and and thinking about the '70s, and I remember when I got even I, and I I don't think I'm that old, but apparently I am. I'm becoming old, but I remember when I got into radio, talk radio, and I watched through. I learned by osmosis how Hacksaw did his thing, and he gave me some pointers. But Hacksaw, in those days, the internet was I it was it was a stone age. It didn't have what it was. It was the early days of the internet. We still had. At, at the Mighty 690 in San Diego, we had the sports ticker and the AP Newswire, and that was really the way we got the information. Mm-hmm. There'd be a breaking news bulletin on the AP Sports Wire, and you'd wait for that news bulletin, and then sports ticker for the scores, and and then Hacksaw would be, he would be reading the newspapers, like the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or whatever, trying to get information out of it for his 15-minute open. Now... You go anywhere, and it's uh, it's nonstop. You can wolf down 17,000 17, newspapers. Right. If you want. Now, some of them charge, which, you know, who pays for that on the Internet? But, uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. Man. That, 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 it's was back, crazy. That, that was back in the day when breaking news was actually breaking news. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now stuff happens, and they, you, know, you don't even know when it first starts. You know, it's like everyone's eating magic mushrooms these days, and it's like, did that... Was that new or is that two days old or yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. And you and then the other thing is like what is what is real everyone's got an agenda. Everyone's always had an agenda, but it's just maybe I'm because, you know, back in the good old days, it just seems like even back, people had agendas then and they had biases, but it just seems like it's so People live in their own boxes, right? If you're a Democrat, you only listen to people that tell you what to do. If you're a Republican, the same thing. But it's 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 just in all, not just political stuff. I think it's everything's kind of slanted depending. You know, it's the same thing in sports because if you love the Cowboys, you only want to get positive cowboy stuff apparently so you'll right. go read cowboys.com you know and yeah you're or, not going to hear a lot of negative stuff on cowboys.com or any of those teams that have their own websites and you get information but it's just completely filtered information yeah and the other thing too is now that agents have an extension of the media they're able to leak content to reporters or news agencies if there's a client that they have that's on the fence about an extension or a new contract or wants to be traded. So there's ways to yeah. manipulate and, and, well, and fuck with the market that way. Well, we had that, you know, who knows if it's true or not, but we believe our guy Holiday, who is related to Michael Thomas of the Saints. And uh, we asked Holiday what's going on, you know, it's because uh, Thomas was in the doghouse yeah. and he wasn't playing and he was hurt. But people think he was being benched and they claimed he was hurt and that whole thing. And. Uh, Holiday said that it was Michael Thomas who got upset with the Saints and went to his agent, and then the agent is the one that contacted the NFL insider crowd to toss Michael Thomas's name out in the you know the rumor mill, right? The, the, you know, to give the the rumor out there, and so he had an agenda. He wanted to you know, let the Saints know, hey, I can go play somewhere else, and. So some NFL insider said there is a mounting belief, you know, or some of the one, yeah. whatever weasel word, you know, that, that you want to throw out there. Um, so, yeah, a lot of that stuff does come from agents. But back, I w- I'd also like to point out when I was around uh, the Dodgers and I was around baseball in general, 
a lot of the stuff would come from the people that worked behind the scenes, the support staff, the, the, the locker room attendants, people like that, because, and I, I know this to be true, when, when free agency was coming around in baseball, and I don't know that they still do this, but the general manager of the front office would call down to the equipment guy and say, hey, um, you've got to get you know X, Y, and Z jersey ready because we might sign this guy and we're going to have a news <laughs> conference and we need the jersey for the photo op. Yeah. And uh, I remember that might or might not have been the way that some of the free agents the Dodgers were interested in got out. Uh, well, the fa- one of the most famous stories, I guess I can tell because I think this is on the public record. I don't want I've you know, some of these people I still know. And they still work there, so I don't want to get him in trouble. But Randy Johnson was—he signed with Arizona, mm-hmm. but he—the thought was he was going to go to the Dodgers. So they had a jersey made. They anticipated they were going to get Randy Johnson before he went to Arizona. How would that have changed things? Maybe not at all. Who knows? But uh, but Randy, a SoCal guy, but he signed with Arizona. The reason, the legend is he walked into the old raggedy Dodger clubhouse, the same clubhouse that Sandy Koufax had been in back in the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's is it too small? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> now the clubhouse at Dodger Stadium is like the Taj Mahal. They redid that. The Guggenheim partners that own the Dodgers, man, they went all in on that. They they loaded up, loaded up. That is a country club. Yeah, is what that is. Speaking of which, that was pretty interesting that what Brad had mentioned with with the way that they're actually calling games and he's looking at that giant screen in Jerry's world to call action um, as opposed to maybe necessarily being live at a, at a venue nowadays. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know I was playing around with Brad. Brad got a little defensive on that. I was like, <laughs> hey, did you, did you call games before? But I did when I was a kid and I was like, hey, I would like to do this someday. I originally wanted to be a play-by-play guy. So mm-hmm. I, I I think most kids my age, maybe not now, would, would would do it. You know, and that's how they, you know, they would, they would call games and stuff. It's like uh, you go full... You go full Ronald Reagan, right? Full yeah. Ron, Ronald Reagan at uh, was it WHO in Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> who would call Cub games. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, the, the famous story about Reagan, and I read this, and it's it's a great story because having worked in broadcasting, you love when crap goes wrong and you have to you have to improvise. But one time, so he was calling the game off. He wasn't even calling it off TV because this is back before. Before TV was regularly consumed. So Reagan was doing radio, calling Cub games, recreating them. But he was doing it off the teletype, the the ticker. Okay. So the wire breaks, right? So this is the only way that then just civilian Ronald Reagan was able to call Cub games. And so he has no information. So... So, uh, you know, he's like, what what are we going to do here? And uh, so he he then... He would he would talk about the batter keep fou- he said the the batter would keep fouling off the pitch until the the ticker came back he would just he, you know like there would be a million foul balls and there's still two strikes <laughs> uh, yeah so it was it was pretty funny uh, back back in the day back yeah. in the day it's so. it's great to hear like. Like guys like Brad, guys like Scully, guys that have gone through those different stages. And yeah. I mean, I, I know obviously he's make believe, but Bob Euchre, when he played Harry Doyle, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I thought of sportscasters when I grew up. Like, okay, there's a guy getting himself loose by drinking some Jack, getting, getting, getting his pipes loose. <laughs> hey, hey uh, guess gone. Let me tell you, when I first started, some of those guys did get loose. Yeah, with little, Jack Buck. Uh, Jack yeah, Buck. I mean, uh, hit, uh, when, hey, Harry Harry Callis had a few pops from time to time. Harry Callis, Harry uh, Harry yeah. uh, Harry Carey. The, um, I'm sure Harry Carey, a legendary, of yeah. course. Yeah, Harry didn't even hide it. He bragged about it. Who was high um, Cub fans? <laughs> who was uh, I forget his name? Um, Detroit Tigers. Oh, uh, Ernie Harwell. Ernie, yeah, Ernie Harwell. There you go. I don't know that he did. Ernie was a pretty uh, straight laced guy. I met him. Uh, obviously near the end of his career there, but Ernie was great. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. I always say he wore the same hat I wear now. You know, <laughs> he wore the paper boy hat. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which I guess is an old guy's hat, but I like it. It's yeah. a good good thing. Ernie was... I, I, got, I, got, I feel like I got to meet Ernie Harwell, Harry Carey, Harry Callis, 
Scully, uh, the uh, the the Mets legend Ralph Kiner, mm. who did did the Mets on television, uh, met him for a good stretch. Just Skip me- Carey, the the Braves guy. I, I grew up watching him on TBS, the Superstation, Atlanta Braves baseball. They were terrible. And you met uh, you met Sterling too, right? Yeah, John Stoll. I met him uh, at the, the Yankees. Came in to play the Dodgers uh, in the press box. There, it was very nice. What about and, uh, uh, what was that? the other one? Uh, the, the just passed away a couple years ago in San Diego. Was it last year? Um, oh, Dick Enberg. Yeah, the great Dick Enberg. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, he, was, he was great. Very smooth. Yeah, smooth delivery. I, and yeah, he so. was he was good across everything: football, baseball, tennis. Golf. I feel like I'm doing my Pat O'Brien where I'm just dropping names now. I feel like I'm yeah, doing my POB. It's, I'm just... it's a little bit different because you're not like in Brentwood right now eating a burrito and just casually talking. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I still haven't called Pat to follow up because I <laughs> Pat offered to take me out to lunch, but yeah. I haven't. Everything in California is all effed up now, so I'm going to wait. See, I, here's my move on this. All right, let me tell you, this is a veteran move. So. I'm a, I'm hoping that by April of 2020 stuff will be open back up, you know, because they'll either have a magic pill or something like that, or yeah, uh, this thing will take its course, the uh, corona. So then I'm gonna wait, and then I'm gonna hit Pat up, and knowing Pat, he'll take me to some steakhouse in Beverly Hills or something like that, and and I'll get to enjoy a nice meal. If I go now, I'm gonna eat a box lunch outside. I have a burrito with Pat on the street in Beverly Hills. Who wants to do that? Why don't you invite him over, and you can cook a steak. Uh, here we go. I just you you brought it up. Jeez. You brought it up. Uh, all right. You Are we done? <laughs> I'm done. Uh, hey, by the way, you gotta tonight. You gotta you gotta listen to uh, a special special edition of Benny versus the Pain. This is the week I'm actually gonna try to get the picks right. Uh, this is the week I'm gonna actually try to do well. <laughs> I was sandbagging, but now it's now it's winning time. I can salvage yeah. the season. I can salvage it. Uh, you know, last week was a take your trash out week, but I will be back. I will be back tonight at 930, 930 in the West. And that's 1230 in the witching hour in the East. So we'll have Benny versus the penny. And that's on Friday night into Saturday. And a little depressing because that, that also means that we're officially halfway home with the NFL regular season. Well, that's a blessing and a curse because that means no more Benny versus the Penny. Yes, unless we have a spinoff, which we we've talked about, but who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Always the views the keep going. Now we asked a couple weeks ago for for tickets for anyone that um, took a five team parlay, anything of that nature, as we were yeah. doing some of the Benny versus the Penny uh, games, and then also uh-huh. presidential stuff. Did you get? Any pictures tweeted to you, DM to you, anything? No, I got none. Okay. No one took us up on that guess, God. Not a, and there was money to be made. We got the guarantees we got right. Now, I think your boy Steve in Seattle, I think he did do some pro games, though. I don't yeah. Know, I don't know if he did political, but I know he did some pro games. Well, the pro, see, the political stuff, you're not technically allowed to bet as an American on the election. But as we know, the offshore books kind of they uh, they have more loose. They're fast and loose with the rules, so yes. there are ways you could have done it. But it's it's more. It's not like you can go into your local sports book if you're in Jersey or something like that and say, "Hey, I want to put a couple of bucks down on you know uh, Trump winning Mississippi or something like." You, yeah. you can't. You're not allowed to do that. So I, I feel, it's a little more dicey. I feel like in in the next in the next four years when we have our next presidential election. The election should be started off with a musician singing the national anthem. That way we can bet on the time of it and then get the election underway. I feel like that's the way that we do it with the Super Bowl and then everything else follows after that. Yeah. Well, eventually they're doing mail-in voting now, but I'm guessing like 10, 15 years from now, they'll just have like uh, text voting, you know, just text your oh, vote, boy. you know, name the name the candidate, text it in, you know, <laughs> what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, that's the evolution, right? You think, you know, it's, you just keep moving it forward and forward and forward and forward and forward. And then I would guess, depending on what happens with the elections in January, yeah. not to get too political, we'll have... We could have Puerto Rico become a state, right? Are they talking about adding another couple of states? Puerto Rico, D.C. There you go. Uh-huh. So then it would be 52 states. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, how about that? How about Guam? Can we make Guam a state? We could. How about Guam? It's a territory. Why not? 
Yeah, make it a state. Come on. <laughs> Out there in the middle of the Pacific. Oh, man. So it's like a waypoint between Hawaii and the uh, and the uh, Asian countries. It, right? it took you a while to climb to that third rail, but uh, but you're there. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I did. Right. I got to get I got to get out of here. I got things to do. How dare you? Uh, we will have podcasts on Saturday and Sunday and uh, an exclusive story. I saved a story we're going to talk about on Saturday for this podcast. I was going to do a bit on the radio show, but I wanted to give this some time. It's about another sports icon. And uh, I happen to cross paths with this icon but thanks to brad sham who was on earlier here and uh, have a great day remember benny versus the penny tonight 9 30 in the west and just midway through the witching hour of 12 30 in the morning on an early saturday friday into saturday in the east we'll catch you then hey it's maller here it's bracket season and you can pre-register now for the fox sports radio bracket challenge at foxsportsradio.com Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.